This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Hi, folks. Welcome to the podcast where we inspire you to follow your dream and move forward towards your career goal every day. Today, I have with me someone who is excited about helping others move towards a career in aviation through aerial photographer, photography, excuse me, David Rodwell. David is uh, a aerial photographer. He owns a business, Aerial Photography. Uh, what's the uh, name of the, the website? I'm sorry, Andy, or David, welcome to the podcast. Hey, great to be here with you, Carl. Yeah, the uh, the it's actually aerialphotographyacademy.com and uh, has some really cool stuff to talk about as far as photography is concerned. I know I get a million questions and people are asking, you know, can I still do aerial photography? You know, in what manner? We're going to answer those questions now. But before we get started, a few announcements. First of all, coaching. We uh, Our coaching membership is uh, something that a lot of people are interested in. Uh, one of the things we've been getting a lot of comments about is how it's not the best. Uh, well, I guess the, the way you go through the website is not the best. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of my coaching clients, and I won't mention them by name, said my, my coaching website was pretty horrible. So what we did is we did this. We're moving all of our coaching and our, our online courses and our membership courses to another platform that is much better and is actually managed by uh, another group, and those courses are looking great. I just put them out there. But for the folks that are in the coaching, that's going to be live when you listen to this podcast. So if you click on coaching, if you've been a coaching member, you will have access to that members-only page, which is new, that also has a discussion group in there. I'd like, uh, if you are a coaching member, to go out there and check it out. And make sure it all works fine and and give me some feedback on it. If you're not in the coaching program, uh, this is how it works. It's $75 for the first hour of coaching, but it also includes access to our coaching members only page. And that access is good for a year, which includes all the discussion groups that are on that page. Uh, other uh, hours of coaching are billed at $75 an hour. They include myself primarily, but we do have other coaches for other parts of your career, which include careers in corporate aviation and also in maintenance and aerospace uh, sciences, such as uh, engineering. So go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash coaching and check out our new coaching page. I like feedback, even from the folks that that aren't in the coaching. We have a video up there that introduces you to it. So I'd like some feedback on on that video, etc. Thanks for doing that. Well, here we are today with a a really interesting guest and somebody that's uh, been talking to me on and off online about aerial photography. And I know that we have a lot of folks out there interested in aerial photography. But before we begin talking about that and talking about supplementing your training costs and and getting into aerial photography. Photography. One thing that's that's neat is is David, you, you've been around aerial photography for for a few years. Tell us a little bit about your background and and the business you have right now. Well, Carl, thank you very much, and it, it is an honor to be here. Your your name in the industry is is pretty amazing. Uh, but back in 1979, I started working on pilot training at a dusty little airport out in Kansas and got my ticket in 1980 
and flew some. Uh, I had a spouse at the time that didn't really like the idea of spending money on airplanes, and I bought an airplane, uh, which didn't go over so well either. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, at some point, it kind of died out, sold the airplane, uh, and uh, after about 28 years or so, uh, that marriage kind of dissolved for two nice people just went in two opposite directions. And I married my high school sweetheart and she supported the aviation so much. And I said, oh, my gosh, I've always been so passionate about aviation. I want to get back into it. I want to fly for a living. Well, at that point, I was into my 50s. And that's a challenge. The the bigs, the airlines really are not going to put a lot of money into you if you're if you're too old. And some people are looking to get into aviation and need a way to help pay for it, which is generally flight instruction in this world. But it could also be aerial photography. So I started doing the aerial photography uh, to support my love of flying the airplane. And so people say, well, do you fly and take the pictures? Well, no, I don't. I, I generally fly us to the location and let a co-pilot take over. But I've been doing the aerial photography uh, as a serious business now uh, since about 2002. So the aerial photography business has has really morphed. It's 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 progressed. I guess is a better way to say that into uh, the ability to take photographs in in a much different manner, uh, either through the use of helicopter planes, but now through UAS. So in your aerial photography business, I'm really curious, you know, where did you see this transition happen? You know, uh, it, I get this question a lot. I'm not really sure how to answer it. You know, what year did you really see this transition to more of the drones or UASs in aerial photography? You know, it was almost a, a kind of a stealth thing. Uh, I go up to Oshkosh to AirVenture every year and teach aerial photography seminars and I would get questions from people in the audience, well, uh, what about RC aircraft? Uh, what about radio-controlled helicopters? Uh, and I'd say, well, uh, I'm sure that they're out there. I'm sure some people use them. I had run into them from time to time, uh, but I do it for the love of flying the airplane. So I'd say just that, that those are great. They're awesome, uh, but I do this for the airplane. Well, Eventually, I got the question so many times that I began to look at it a little bit more closely. And day after Thanksgiving on on Black Friday, I went down to our Best Buy uh, electronic store and I bought myself a drone. And to be perfectly honest and frank, uh, there are things that only the airplane can do. But there are things that the drone can do that I never dreamed of. Uh, in an actual airplane. So could you give us an example? Like, a lot of people are always curious, well, what can you do in a drone that you can't do in an airplane? So I'm kind of curious as to what your answer is to that. Well, the things in the aircraft are pretty straightforward. Uh, number one, a drone cannot fly when it's windy. Number two, it can't fly when it's raining. Number three, it can't fly when it's cold. So there are, there are three areas right there that no matter what you actually want to photograph and what you're trying to accomplish, if you just can't go up. A great example for me is I do a lot of construction 
progress photography. What the factory needs to do is prove that they've put the new roof on the building so that they can go on to their next phase of construction and get more money from the bank. The bank wants to see visible proof that the roof is there. No one cares if it's raining, snowing, sleeting, cold, windy. No one cares. They just want proof. It's not meant to be beautiful. It's just meant to prove that the roof is on. Well, you, you could do that with a drone unless those three factors are going on. So that those are three big ones. So the, the other day, I had to go up in the plane when we had actually planned to take the drone out. It was too windy, and the client said, I got to have it. So that's one thing. The other piece of it is the airplane really, uh, as, as all of you probably know on the podcast, uh, we're limited to 1,000 feet AGL above the ground uh, in the aircraft unless you're out in the middle of nowhere, which is not where most of the things are that you're going to photograph. So by virtue of the laws and the regulations, we're already at a pretty high altitude. There are some things you just can't see. In the airplane. Now, I have a 400 millimeter lens and it will reach out and touch somebody, but there are just some things it can't get that close. So, the drone, the, last week we hovered the drone in front of a large uh, newspaper's printing facility and got a beautiful piece of video and uh, photographs of the drone hovering at about 50, 60 feet off the ground right in front of the name of their building on the sign. And so I just could never do that in a drone. I've watched people fly it between flagpoles and uh, just very, very close for inspection of uh, radio towers, uh, looking for lightning strikes to see if it has been damaged. There are tons of things that the drones can do that the airplane can't do. So the other last question or last answer to that question is there are some sites that are just too large for the drone. I can only go up to 400 feet without a waiver. And if I can only get that high and it's 40 acres, I can't get it all in the picture. So there's some things where I just have to go to altitude in an aircraft, in an airplane to be able to do that. Wow, this is really fascinating. Some of these things that you talked about that I would have, you know, never thought of before. I, I really, the, as far as a construction progress, I've done some of those uh, shoots. One of the things that I've noticed is when you're doing a construction progress, you actually sometimes have to get to a very remote site and traveling there. And some of these people are very demanding. I'm sure you know that in that they want a shot like every other day or every third day. And if I have to travel out there and take a photograph and then travel back to my home base, it's just a pain. Whereas in an airplane, if it's only 35 miles away, 40 miles away, I boom, take the shot and come back. And you're exactly on the money there. Uh, sometimes the distance though makes it so expensive, uh, cause you have to factor in the, the, uh, Hobbs time on on the bill that you're going to charge these folks. There's one other thing that that is of interest too. You mentioned that that they want to photograph every day or two days or every week, and they generally would like to have that photograph from essentially the same spot so they can watch the progress unfold uh, over time. And the beauty of the drone in that particular application is you can park that drone in exactly the same spot every single week and know that you're going to be within feet 
of the same spot. To try and put an airplane in the same spot is a big, big challenge. Yeah, it is a big challenge. And, uh, you know, some of us are like, oh, I could do that every day. But, you know, it's, it is so much easier and less expensive with a drone. There are certain uh, instances where, yeah, we use the airplane, but uh, drones are a much, much easier, excuse me, uh, drones are a much better tool. I shouldn't say easier, a better tool. Uh, one of the things that I, I'm really interested in, in asking you and is what about things that, like I've done in the past, surveys of animals uh, and animals in the water, like uh, whales and manatees. Are you are you seeing possibly a shift to the drones for that, or, or have you actually done something like that? Well, I, I did do something along those lines. I was asked to do an inspection of a pond that was used for retention uh, it was the water that flows off of parking lots during the rain. And this is a factory. It's actually uh, started out to be a Dell computer factory. And I photographed it from plowed ground to completed factory uh, once a week for 38 weeks. Uh, and then they sold that plant to Herbalife, the people that, that make the uh, diet milkshakes. And they have this large retention pond, and they were concerned about debris and so forth, and also what the geese might be doing. So we actually flew over and uh, did some video of the geese in the pond. They wanted to count, and they wanted to see if there was uh, any damage that the geese might be doing. I was quite surprised at 20 feet. The geese didn't much care what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> they thought I was another bird, I guess. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. Yeah, they're, you're the other bird in the, in the sky. So uh, I'm surprised they weren't weren't spooked by it, but uh, I guess they're spooked by other things. Uh, one of the things that you know, I'm hearing you talk about the drones, and and one thing that kind of scares us as as man pilots is that oh my gosh, my job is going away, especially in aerial photography. You're, you've already talked about instances where we can use the airplane, but since the drones have come out, it seems that exponentially we've added the ability to take different types of shots and types of photographs. Uh, in your industry, and, and you've been part of it for a while, have you seen that growth, and, and are you seeing the man flight shrink, or is it actually possibly growing, the man flight? Well, I, I guess I would answer it this way because I don't know what the other guys are doing. Uh, in my book, I wrote a book uh, a number of years ago about aerial photography from an airplane, and the, the drone was not a part of the picture at that point. It was just not out there. And I, I guess I don't normally explain to the client how we're going to do this. Uh, they just want to get a picture. And so I generally charge uh, about the same thing either way, unless there's great distance involved. If there's, if I have to fly for two hours, obviously I'm going to factor that in. Uh, but money is a wonderful thing. If you're willing to pay, I'm willing to fly. And so I don't really see that we're doing more in the drone, but we're also sitting there saying, hmm, so I don't have to pay all the time on the aircraft because I don't, I used to own, but an airplane will eat you out of house and home if you don't have a good way to help pay for it. 
And so it's much, much better for me to go out and rent an aircraft from the local HBO, HBO. Uh, <laughs> FBO, yes. <laughs> the local FBO. I'm on TV too much. But it's so much better to go out and rent that aircraft from them with a commercial pilot. Now, they require that because of their insurance, but it, it suits me just fine because uh, I have somebody else who's going to pull it out of the hangar. They're going to get it flight ready to go, and we're going to fly over, and it's just so much cheaper to do that. But if I can do the shot in the drone, I don't have to pay for any flight time on the aircraft. Uh, I'm paying about $185 an hour uh, with my average flight being uh, less than it would be unusual to put more than five tenths on the Hobbs meter uh, for my normal flight because it is all about how inexpensively you can get there and get it done and get back. The, so they, I tell the client that the bulk of their expense is because of the equipment we have to buy, cameras and aircraft and so forth. But I don't get into we're going to do this with a drone uh, because I think the perception is, oh, I can get that at Radio Shack. I guess it'll be cheaper for me. So uh, we're probably now, I don't know, we're doing half and half. It, the thing that's so wonderful is the video that you can do at low altitudes is so impressive. And I can actually get more for aerial video than I can for aerial photos. So frequently my, my price point is higher on the drone if I'm able to do some videography as well. Well, that's interesting. And, and so we have seen this shift. But, you know, it's, what's interesting, too, is that we have people here that are listening that, uh, that are, have two different paths they're going. We have people that are interested in flying airplanes. We have people that are interested in flying the drones and doing aerial photography. So one of the things that, again, scares a lot of people, and I get this all the time, is, you know, what could I do with drones or how is drones affecting my career but you actually have a you have kind of another color on it in that it actually can help you. Aerial photography can can help you get to where you are or where you want to be in your flying career as a man pilot. So let's talk about that first. How how can they use aerial photography through drones and airplanes to supplement their training costs? Well, I've been teaching this for years. Uh, I've been fortunate enough. I've just I so blessed that I got into this when I did. I've taught more pilots to become aerial photographers than anybody else in the country. I was the training director uh, for the largest aerial photography company in the U.S. Uh, I also go up to Oshkosh and train uh, every year. And so I got a pretty good handle on what people were looking for. So we had a fraction of the people that wanted to learn how to take aerial photos. They were going to go up and just for fun, uh, take the J3 and take some pictures of somebody's farm. Uh, and then we have another bunch of folks that say, you know, I'm having a little challenge paying for well, today it's 1,500 hours to get your, your airline transport ticket. That's a lot of hours, and you can do it a couple of ways. I mean, I suppose you could fly banners or you could fly blood products or cancel checks or uh, skydivers, uh, but most everybody seems to go the route of the flight school. And bless their hearts, they're earning seven, eight, nine dollars an hour, working incredibly long hours. And maybe aerial photography might add a little bit of money to help pay for that flying. 
let's assume the right off the bat that you are a student pilot and maybe you're thinking about getting to the big airlines, but you're sure not going to be able to do flight school while you're learning to fly. So you're a student pilot and you're really having some challenges paying for your, your lessons to get your private ticket or maybe get your commercial and instrument. Well, aerial photography, you can go up and do that work. In fact, if you had to go with your instructor, just go and find the site after the, the, the flight lesson is over and have your instructor with you, take the photographs, sell them to the client that asked you to do it, uh, and use that money to pay for your next lesson or pay for the one you just did. Typically, a lesson is going to cost you about $185, about an hour's worth of flying, maybe two. Well, t my typical charge for an aerial photography mission is $425. So there's several lessons that got paid for, and you can help pay for the lessons that you're trying to get into the into the at least the commercial side so you can actually go and do some flight training. That's a that's a great idea. And so you're in the airplane, you're actually taking the photographs and you're getting paid to do it. Uh, so one of the other things that I found is people want to actually become a drone pilot. And they, they come at this from many different angles. So there's number one, uh, the person that wants to be a drone pilot has no flying experience. And number two, somebody that already has their private, you know, their instrument, the commercial, and they want to get their UAS pilot certificate. We have, I know, uh, a whole episode in Stuck Mike Avcast, which I'll link to, talks about that, uh, one of the ways through FASafety.gov. But what are the ways that somebody that is, let's start with just starting off and doesn't have any pilot certificates, how can they go about getting their UAS or their drone pilot certificate? Well, that's probably the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, it takes a little bit of study. There, there are 4,000 videos on YouTube <laughs> that tell you how to prepare for all that. Uh, there are 4,000 videos on YouTube for how to spay or neuter a cat. I, I mean, whatever you want is on YouTube. And so you can learn the material, and then you just have to go down and, and take the tests and take the, uh, the 107 test at a testing facility. And for pilots, of course, folks that are already licensed pilots that are current, uh, they don't have to take that $150 online test at your local flight center. Uh, but you still have to get certified and get that little ticket. It's funny, that cert certificate that comes out, I was surprised. It looks exactly like my commercial certificate. Uh, so uh, what you do is just study that material, but while you're studying, there's nothing that says you can't go out and fly that drone. You just can't do it for money. And so you can fly it around and practice. The thing that I assumed as soon as I pulled it out of the box so I have to tell a little gory story. Hopefully nobody will be offended. But on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving 2016, I went down to Best Buy. They had a sale, and I got a, a great drone for a cheap price. And by 5 o'clock that night, my wife was taking me to the hospital to get stitches in my hand uh, where the prop cut me open because I thought I knew everything there was to know about flying this thing. How hard can it be? I've already fly an airplane, uh, and they're different. <laughs> you you do have to learn how to fly them, and that's the step that most people don't do. And you need to get out and just do some simple practice. Uh, 
And it was probably uh, uh, about a week or two after that incident with my finger is I put it in a tree and had to hire a sign company to come out and get it out of the tree. So you need to take some steps to learn to get it to do what you want it to do in a safe manner and a way that will professionally uh, take the video and photographs that you need to do. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, I, I have my UAS, my Part 107 certificate. I've never flown a drone, quote unquote. I've flown RC, you know, model airplanes, et cetera. But I've never flown a drone. So here I'm somebody that can go out and fly this and get paid to do it, but I have no experience. What I need to do is, like you said, so I don't run into cuts on my fingers, et cetera, and crashing my drone into a tree and having to pay money to get it out. I need to get some experience doing that. Uh, I wonder if there's any way to do that other than uh, trial and error on your own. Do people actually teach how to fly a drone? I don't know of anybody here locally that says, I will go with you, and for this much money, I will teach you. Now, there are hobby groups that are drone enthusiasts, and they will help. I know those folks will will sit down with you and teach you some of the basics. Uh, the The videos, again, on YouTube are very useful. If you buy a drone that is one of the name brands that is popular, uh, that was one of the reasons I made my selection was I wanted something that was popular, that was was well understood and well used. And so there's a lot more information out there about how to fly it than anything else. So there are a number of things that you want to know. You want to know how to make it go up and down and sideways and those kinds of things. But you want to understand the electronics of it all. What do I do if I run into a snag and it isn't going where I think it's supposed to go? I certainly don't want it to just go and go and go away. Uh, it's called a flyaway. Uh, so I need to know how do I prevent that. And then you begin looking at technique for doing the kind of things that you want to do in photography. And there are so many wonderful videos out there, again, free, that you can look at uh, that will teach you that. There's a young man down in South Africa, and he, his name is Lawrence, and he's one of your countrymen. He is another Italian, uh, and he has a wonderful drone course uh, on how to do all the more technical parts of the drone flying. Uh, and I would I'd recommend people look at that. There's some great courses on Udemy that will teach you some of these things. So uh, there is no lack of information out there for you. You just have to go and look for it. And you search the internet, and we will actually, uh, and David will give me some of those links that we were talking about. We'll put in the show notes. So make sure you go to Aviation Careers Podcast, episode 133, and check out the show notes. Also, uh, two more things before we, we wrap up here. Number one is the person that is looking at a career in aviation in general. They are somebody that wants to fly an airplane. Do you see that this drone business is affecting their ability to move into the cockpit in a positive or negative way? Well, gosh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm always amused. There are things that I can go out and do with my drone that would be very, very dangerous to a pilot uh, who's actually up in the air. 
uh, and I see uh, it's so surprising to me that someone will take their drone, record all this video of them doing something that is patently illegal, unsafe, and unwise, and then post it up on YouTube. So hopefully we will thin that herd out pretty fast as the FAA sees these folks. Uh, but I don't see uh, drones as being inherently dangerous once we kind of get things sorted out. For a while, we were screaming and yelling that everybody was shining laser beams into the cockpit. Well, four or five guys did that, but I think they caught them. And so uh, the drones are probably not a danger. I don't see them as, I suppose, in the, in the I don't know, distant future, maybe there might be a possibility that Amazon delivers more books with drones than when commercial aircraft. And there's a possibility that a few jobs might be lost. But right now, uh, and we probably are going to see drone aircraft that carry people before it's all over. Uh, because the, as they say, that flying an airplane for money uh, is hours and hours of, of incredible boredom punctuated by stark terror for a few seconds, uh, but they will probably have airplanes that fly themselves and don't need pilots at all. Uh, so, you know, it's a wonderful world. Things will change and we'll adapt and, and you just have to kind of roll with the punches. So somebody who's looking at this as a career, as uh, they just want to get into flying drones, I think this is a great time. This is a perfect time to get into that. And uh, someone like yourself is, is great as a resource to help them to move forward in their careers. One of the things I'd like you to comment on is, and uh, as far as the, the growth from now, from now till the future, we haven't, I don't feel, saturated the market in any way as far as drone flying is concerned. But I'd like to hear your opinion. Is there going to be a future in drone flying for somebody who's looking at getting into it right now? That's the easiest answer of the day. Uh, absolutely. It's not so much related to the number of drones out there. It's more related to the number of people that can go out and successfully find someone who's willing to pay money to have a photograph or a video made. And so those people who are uh, good at marketing, who know how to go out and market their wares and market their services, they'll do just great. There's always been enough business for everybody. Uh, let me tell my saturation story. Uh, my first question to you uh, is, do you own a refrigerator, Carl? Uh, of course, multiple ones. <laughs> okay, so you've got more than one. That's even better. Uh, how old is that refrigerator? Uh, I've got one that's five years and another one that's uh, 20 years old. Okay, so these are actually pretty old and, and maybe need to be replaced, but you haven't done that yet. So what city do you live in? Oh, I'm actually in the St. Petersburg area. So pretty populated area. Oh, yeah. Within a 10-mile radius of you, how many places would you guess that you can go and buy a refrigerator? Oh, God, there's a, where I am, there's like a dozen at least. And so actually if you started counting, you'd be shocked because Best Buy sells them, Sears, Lowe's, all the places that sell them, the appliance dealers. So there are so many places you can go and buy a refrigerator. So clearly – a refrigerator that everyone has that no one actually plans to replace, but yet there are hundreds of places in every city that sell them. You just can't saturate something. There's no such thing. It's a myth that somebody came up with because they thought Amway might saturate the market with soap. 
but the bottom line is that there'll always be room for somebody who does a good job at what they do. There are thousands of folks out with lawnmowers running around right now mowing grass, and I wonder how in the world can there be so many of them? Well, some of them are better than others, and they just fall by the wayside if they're not. So if you're good at what you do, you do a quality job, do an honest job for an honest money, uh, you'll have no problem at all. You know, David, I, I have to agree with that, and I know people have heard me say this a million times, is that you can beat 80% of your competition by just showing up, uh, the other 10% by, by doing your job, and it's the last 10% that are your competition, and that's where you need to be in that top 10%. I think in this career, no matter what career you're in, uh, it, whether it's flying drones, flying aircraft, if you're in that top 10%, you're going to do really well, and I hope you agree with that statement, David. I absolutely do. It's, it doesn't take much to be a little bit better than the other guy. Amen. And frequently it's because the other guy is just lazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that part of, of just showing up. If you look at airlines and uh, if you look at hiring, one of the most important questions we ask people is how punctual they are. Uh, have they ever had missed trips? Have they ever not shown up for work? How many, you know, we can't go into sick calls, but how many times did they not show up for work? And that's incredibly important. Uh, so just showing up for work is important. But in the drone world, uh, if you can shine, if you can sell your wares, you know, I have a lot of folks that I know that do this for a living that are very good and make a really good living. And uh, the reason being is because they're good at what they do. They, like you said, they market it properly. And uh, they actually are out there putting themselves out as a professional. And that's what you need to do. You need to put yourself out as a professional, whether you're a pilot, you're a drone operator, a engineer, a mechanic. It's always important to be a professional. You know, David, there's there's all this information that you've given us, and it's it, we're just kind of scratching the surface surface here. One of the things I'd I'd love to do is either have you back on, but also I want to point people in a direction where they can find out more about you and also about maybe the book that you have and also a website that you've, you're starting and you're uh, starting this photography academy. So tell us a little bit about those projects, both your book and also your website. Well, very quickly, I'm, I'm very impressed when you said just show up uh, because my, my four rules of life are show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and then don't be attached to the outcome and just keep moving on. Uh, thanks for asking about my, my programs. My aerialphotographyexperts.com, aerialphotographyexperts.com is my personal uh, aerial photography business website, and anybody is welcome to go there. Uh, there's ways to contact me. I'd love to chat with people on the phone. I'm pretty passionate about this thing, and I will chat with you forever. Uh, and answer your questions, no charge. That's just something I love to do. But we've had so many people that have just continued to ask, how do you do this? How do you do that? How can I get involved? That we are designing something called the Aerial Photography Academy. Com. Now, right now, that's an under-construction site. But what we are doing is we're taking emails from folks that want to get uh, a free look at how they can go do aerial photography. So we are going to give for free folks that want to learn the basics of what to do in aerial photography. Uh, and that's not about making the money. It's about how to take the pictures, how to prepare the aircraft, how to use the right equipment. Uh, we've got a series of videos that we're going to give to folks, uh, no charge at all for that. And for the folks that want to take it a step further and get involved in a training program 
for the making money in the in the in the courses uh, all the way up to a good full six figure income uh, we'll have that as well but there'll be some modest charges for that so I'll get all this information to you and if you want to put it in the notes I'd be honored to help anybody any way uh, that I can either on the phone or drop me an email and and we'll get it figured out well, we'll do that. We'll definitely have that in the notes, Aerial Photography Academy, everything, all the things that we talked about. So go to episode 133. You can click on there. If you have questions, you, of course, you can go to his website or send feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com, and we'll send them to David, and he'll be able to answer those. The other thing is your book. I think you said it's on Amazon. We'll have a link to that, uh, I'm assuming, right? Is that correct, David? It is on Amazon. It's called the Aerial Photography Manual. It's the bestseller. Uh, on Amazon, uh, so I'm I'm pretty pleased with that too. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely do that. We'll put that, that uh, link there too. Is you know I want to learn more about aerial photography, and uh, you know I I love photography, and that's actually my one of my first paying jobs was being a photographer, and it's uh, something that I think is 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 really rewarding because you can see fairly quickly the results of your work, and uh, that's what I like about photography. I'm sure everybody has has their reason to going towards photography, but God. David, this has been awesome. We're having to close here, but I'd love to have you back on because you know what's going to happen is we're going to get a million questions about aerial photography. So I, I hope you'll come back again. If we can get this link to work and the, the, the audio to work, I'll be thrilled to come back. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, David, I, I, I really appreciate your coming here today. And uh, But before we wrap up, is there any advice you give, some general advice to the people that are looking into getting into a career in uh, aerial photography and uh, just some, some overall advice if they're just starting out or they've been a pilot for a while as far as getting into the, the career of aerial photography? Well, I think there there are three basic areas that they need to be aware of. Uh, they need to know the type of aircraft that you probably want to use, uh, which is typically a high-wing aircraft, low-wing. Obviously, the wing is in the way. You can't take the pictures, and generally, the windows don't open. Uh, the, the Cessna 172s, 150s, 152s are so good for that. We just open the window and shoot right out the window. Um, I've got a little video I'll make available for free. I think you may have seen it that talks about how to prepare the aircraft for for the shoot number two is what are you going to take up there you may already own a camera that's completely adequate uh, some people are thinking oh my gosh i'm going to have to spend thousands on a camera don't go buy a camera until you've had a chance to look at uh, some information to make sure you're not buying more than you need uh, some people are even using some old film cameras that work just fine uh, and the final thing is if you're actually going to go do this to make money, you need to figure out, okay, there are so many areas of this, this, this industry. You could do inspections. You can do 3D mapping. You can do pictures of family farms. You can do things for factories, uh, construction progress. Uh, we, you can go count the geese on a pond. There's endless numbers, and you just need to find out how do I reach that person that might pay for that. Well, David, that's some great advice, and uh, of course, you can find out more about David and the Aerial Photography Academy here at Aviation Careers Podcast, link on episode 133. Thanks again, David, for being here. We, you've been a wonderful guest, and we'll, we'll definitely have you on again. And uh, for those folks listening right now, if you're interested in aerial photography or supplementing your income, I'd highly recommend you going to the website and clicking on those different links that we've talked about. 
And another thing, too, you know, as I've said in the past, and I always continue to say, and uh, people ask me how I came up with this, uh, this, you know, my mantra of doing something today, to taking one step to move forward in your career. Well, many years ago, I had started a, a international food trading business, and I had salespeople that had worked for me. And they all asked me, you know, what can I, what should I do today? And I said, no matter what it is, do something. Just take one step to move forward in your sales. Just take something. Just If you just make one phone call, don't even make a phone call. Look up in magazines. Go out, walk around the streets. Come up with ideas. Do something to move forward in your sales career. Then you will progress and you'll be surprised how quickly you will be successful. So I'm telling you the same thing. Do something today to move forward in your career. Take one small step. Take one giant step to move forward. That could be you know, starting out in a new flight school or ordering one of these books and getting on the websites, asking us questions about aerial photography, signing up for coaching, etc. Do something. Do something now to move forward in your career. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler, all rights reserved.